Mutiny in outer space. Are you friend or foe? You're an apprentice crew member aboard the Baruna, a space transport ship. After three months in space, trouble breaks out between Captain Tyler and Jack Barnes, the ship's first mate. Just as the ship survives a fierce ion storm, Barnes takes control and forces the captain onto a shuttlecraft. Some of the other crew members have decided to join Barnes' mutiny. What will you do? If you decide to escape with Captain Tyler, turn to page 8. If you decide to stay with the mutineers and risk punishment later, turn to page 2. Be careful. The Earth Federation treats mutineers harshly. You might be captured and court-martialed. Or you can end up saving Earth from the diabolical scheme of one of your crewmates. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star. 15 exciting endings. Choose Your Own Adventure Book 90, Mutiny in Space, by Edward Packard and R.A. Montgomery, illustrated by Howard Bender. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books and make generally poor decisions. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. Look at this sweet, sweet cover. Well, the thing that I'm hooked on is uh, it's Packard and Montgomery hmm. together. Yeah, how is oh. that How that writing process go, you wonder? I feel like there was probably a mutiny in the middle of <laughs> yeah. writing that book. Probably. Maybe. I think this is this illustrator new because these are some trash illustrations. Okay. We shouldn't say that anymore because we have one follow us. But <laughs> <laughs> as you see, I actually really like these illustrations. They're like uh, they're very like oh my god, Archie. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, or like they're just they're not. They convey what they need to convey. Freaking Archie and Jughead. They're man. very old school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. comic book. Yeah, yeah this is like retro, like yeah. straight up retro. Uh, artistry going on there. I mean, I'm following whoever this is. This yeah. Han Solo-looking motherfucker. Howard Bender is a new artist. So, Hopefully, fingers crossed, that's us. That's us. That's if it, us. there's a bowl over our head, it's definitely us. We have a very 70s haircut. Fish bowl. <laughs> okay. Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have when you sign on as an apprentice aboard a spaceship. From time to time, as you read along, you will be asked to make choices and decisions. Your choices may lead to success or disaster. The adventures you have will be the result of your choices. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make a move. When the other crew members aboard the Baruna stage a mutiny, you must decide whether to join them or stay with the captain of the spaceship. Your decision could mean either being trapped in space forever or becoming a hero. Good luck. I wonder if they're actually going to give us a reason for the mutiny, or if it's just going to happen and we have to decide. Like, you're thinking maybe Captain Steven Tyler might be a dick? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I mean, but if his daughter's hot, then I'll probably go with him anyway. Mm. Fair point. Mm-hmm. For almost as long as you can remember, you've wanted to travel on a spaceship. At last, you have your chance. You signed on as an apprentice aboard the space transport Baruna. The day before liftoff, you meet Captain Philip Tyler, a short, heavyset man with dark hair. 
We were hoping his name was Stephen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It really was. It will be a long, hard voyage, Captain Tyler glares at you, as if to see whether you're tough enough to make the trip. (laughs) But you may be lucky, he adds. We'll be taking on a cargo of palma fruit seeds that will fetch a pretty price on Earth. And even young as you are, you stand a share in the profits. I'm glad of that, sir, you say respectfully. You smile at him, but Tyler's face turns dark. I said you may be lucky. Yeah, He's stri- I'm ready to meet me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he strides off, leaving you to wonder if the rumors you've heard about his harshness and cruel erratic behavior are true. The next crew member you meet is the navigator, Nan Pacella. She's a slender woman with dark hair and intelligent eyes. You're going to follow her wherever she wants you to go. Nan shows you around the ship and introduces you to Jack Barnes, the first mate. Barnes is tall and lean. His handsome face is marked by a scar that runs the length of his right jaw. He looks you over up and down and grips your hand so hard it hurts. Welcome aboard, matey, he bellows in a hearty voice. He smiles broadly at you, but for some reason his grin seems more menacing than friendly. Watch out for him, Nan says when Barnes is out of earshot. Don't let his smile fool you. He's left deeper marks than that scar on his face on those who've crossed him. So you're surrounded by assholes. Yep. Yeah. So this is choose your own asshole number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Barnes or Tyler. You meet the other crew members, but you have little time to talk to them because everyone is busy with countdown procedures. That night, you're only able to catch a few hours sleep. Liftoff is scheduled for 5 a.m. the next morning. Your alarm goes off an hour before liftoff. <laughs> Doesn't seem like enough time. <laughs> or just sleep through it. Like, do you need to be awake for this? This is the future. Oh, that's true. It's probably easier. It's still dark when you take your station at the telemetry console. Despite your lack of sleep, you feel wide awake and tremendously excited to be heading into space. Still, you're a little nervous. You tell yourself that the Baruna is a sound ship, as good as most in the fleet, and you know that Tyler is a very experienced captain, and that most transport ships and movies end up A-OK. There's no way it can explode during takeoff. Or an alien can come on board later. <laughs> But he seems to be a harsh man, and Barnes is a strange character, too. He smiles a lot, but you don't like the way he grins at you, as if he's getting ready to play a mean trick. You wonder what he's really up to. Playing a mean trick? I wonder if these are supposed to be author (laughs) stand-ins. One of them is Ari Montgomery, and one of them is Edward Packard. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) They're both shifty, shifty men. Yeah, I think Ari Montgomery is the captain, and I think Edward Packard is the first mate. Suddenly, the klaxon warns you to get into your restraints. You listen to the final countdown through your earphones. The final countdown. Moments later, the Baruna's thrusters unleash their fire. The ship lifts off slowly at first and gathering speed. It arcs gracefully through the stratosphere and out into the stark blackness of space. Your first space voyage has begun. Baruna Montego, baby, (laughs) why? Cool. Yep. Because no. Kokomo doesn't exist either. It's not a real place. It's a planet. Mm. It's a planet. In my heart. <laughs> oh, three months have passed since the Baruna left Earth. So, sure, I don't know why we didn't start there. Yeah, that probably would have been a better start. It would have been an awesome start. And how you wish you were back home. The ship has encountered one difficulty after another, and the strain of the long voyage has worn everyone down. Captain Tyler, most of all. (laughs) 
The captain, who shouldn't be worn down by things. The captain is ready to snap at any minute. Mm-hmm. One evening, while the ship is passing through the Altair system, he summons everyone to the wardroom. Altair is A-L-T-A-I-R. Yes. It's the book. It's one of them. Third planet from Altair. Yeah, I was going to say, which which one wrote that one, though? Um, Edward Packard wrote that one. Okay. His face is red, and the veins stand out on his neck. Who took them? He shouts the words, though no one is more than ten feet away. Took what, sir? Jack Barnes asks, his face breaking into a smile. <laughs> They're going to fist fight. Tyler stares at him, then at each of the crew. Nan Pasella, Tim Fenton, the communications officer. Sam Mumford, the science officer. Ralph Cronick. <laughs> Ralph Cronick, the engineer. Bob, and his son. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Walker, the helmsman. And finally, you. So now we know the crew's names. Hope you remember them. There's going to be a quiz later. Bob Walker, Helmsman Ranger. (laughs) Yep. He lowers his voice, but it's still laden with fury. Someone here knows what I'm talking about. The Vitro Bars. They were up to be saved until we got past Deneb. Future Viagra. Speak up, I tell you. No one answers. Barnes runs his fingers slowly down his scar. His smile grows wider. Blast it then, the captain thunders. The videos will be locked up for the rest of the trip. And next time something like this happens, each of you will regret it to your dying day. He storms out of the wardroom. Over some energy bars or something? Yeah. Yeah. The captain is half crazy, Barnes says. If we ever reach Ginthay, I'm jumping ship before the captain goes all the way crazy, Tim Finn exclaims. Pipe down, the captain will hear you, you say. Finn jerks his head around at you. Keep your mouth shut. Everyone back to your stations, Barnes orders. When the time comes to deal with the captain, I'll be in charge. Yeah, this is going swimmingly. Three days pass without incident. Then, just as you've come on duty on the bridge, the ship lurches sharply to starboard. Everyone grabs for a handhold. The display screens are filled with static. You look anxiously at Captain Tyler. If he's scared, he isn't showing it, you think to yourself. It's an ion storm, Mumford says to the captain. A bad one. I think we should reverse course, sir. Chronic's panicked voice rushes from the speaker near your head. I'm so high. <laughs> it's Chronic with the K. I forgot how to breathe. <laughs> captain, our space drive is being neutralized. Reverse course, Captain, Barnes yells, before it's too late. But the captain doesn't alter the course. Get off the bridge, Barnes, the captain orders. If we shrink from every difficulty, we'll never keep on schedule says the man who was freaking out about the bars. I get it. The bars are his trucker speed. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Somebody took his trucker speed. Without the trucker speed, you can't stay on schedule. Mm-hmm. Very well, sir. I'll go help Chronic in the engine room, Barnes sure, says. Uh-huh. <laughs> As he passes you, he whispers, get ready to join us. You have no time to think about what he means. The whole ship is vibrating. Where's, uh, what's her name? Nan Tuckett or whatever. Nan. You need to go hang out with her. Seriously. As the ship is buffeted by ion particles, the crew gropes for something to hold to. <laughs> Groping. Nan. <laughs> <laughs> then almost as quickly as it started, the ion storm passes. We're out of the storm, Mumford reports from the control center. Very well, Captain Tyler says, as if nothing out of the ordinary had happened. Not even a flicker of a smile crosses his face. The crew watches silently as he leaves the bridge to return to his quarters. A half hour later, Mumford calls the captain out of his quarters. 
Another ion storm dead ahead, Captain, he reports as the captain joins him on the bridge. It looks even stronger than the last one. Very well, the captain replies in a monotone. We'll ride it out. We may not be so lucky this time, Captain, Barnes says, who somehow made his way back on the bridge. (laughs) Who allowed you back up here? You begin to shiver. Captain Tyler is a capable space pilot, but he's so unwilling to compromise. Suddenly, Barnes is standing on the bridge, a laser pistol in his hand. He was on the bridge. Okay. Chronic and Mumford are standing behind him. Raise your hands and get back against the bulkhead, Barn cries, pointing his gun at the captain's back. I'm taking over this ship. Maybe there's like a bridge on the bridge. Oh, maybe. And he's on the, the bridge. The bridge's bridge. bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know which one of these guys is a robot. <laughs> captain. Ash. Ash is yes, a robot. Ash is a robot. Captain Tyler faces Barnes. What the devil? Barnes steps closer, menacing the captain with his gun. This is mutiny, the captain shouts. Sounds very sexual. (laughs) This is mutiny, the captain shouts. You'll never get away with it. You'll hang for this, Barnes. Because that's a thing we do in the future. Mm -hmm. Jack Barnes merely laughs. You should thank me for being kind-hearted, Captain. I'm going to let you and anyone who wants to go along take the shuttlecraft. Now move. Captain Tyler glares at Barnes. The nearest habitable planet... Oh, Lord, that's not how you say that word. (laughs) The nearest habitable planet is half a trillion miles away. And you expect me to get there in a shuttlecraft? I'm giving you a chance, Barnes says, then he grins maliciously. There's a quarantine system a lot closer. You could head for that, now. The captain makes a move as if to rush Barnes, then shrinks back when a sizzling beam of laser light flashes past his head, setting off a shower of sparks as it strikes the bulkhead behind him. Now, Barnes yells. His eyes are wide and there is a hint of madness in them. Ooh, two crazies. Bob Walker, the helmsman, and Nan Pacella elect to go with the captain. As the three of them are herded toward the shuttle, Barnes slaps a hand on your shoulder. Will you be staying with us, matey, or do you want to die out in space with Captain Tyler? Decide now. You glance at the captain. His stern eyes meet yours. If you stay, you'll hang with the rest of them, the captain says. Well, Barnes jabs a finger into your stomach. Will you go or stay? Jesus Christ, it's just like an election. Mm-hmm. Should I stay or should I go now? If you decide to go with Captain Tyler in the shuttlecraft, turn to page eight. If you stay on the Baruna with the mutineers, turn to page two. Keeping in mind that your girlfriend is going with the captain. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to go wherever she went. Personally. Okay. So you want to go out in the space in the shuttle? Yeah. One asshole or another? Which asshole? The asshole that has the, the my girlfriend. Choose the asshole. Okay. Well, what if there's what if there's another mutiny on the shuttle? Then we'll probably be leading at that point. <laughs> All right. Okay, shuttle. I'll go with the captain. You say finally, but really for Nan. You're wrong, Barnes. And what's more, I think you're a crook. You're just using the ion storm as an excuse. I think you've been planning to steal the Baruna all along. The words rush out of your mouth before you can stop them. You've shown courage, Captain Tyler says softly. I need people like you, but it could mean your life. You told me it's my life either way, asshole. Fool, Barnes snaps at you, shoving you toward the shuttle. (laughs) Nan Pacella is standing silently by the door to the shuttle. Walker is already inside, seated in the co-pilot's seat. He's nervously readying the craft for departure. You follow Nan Pacella into the shuttle. 
The captain is about to enter the craft behind you when he stops and faces the mutineers. He shakes his fist and speaks. Mutineers are a plague to all life forms in space. They are outcasts. You are choosing the path with no return. With these ominous words, the captain takes leave of his spaceship and enters the shuttle. Feels like an Ari Montgomery page. (laughs) (laughs) The hatch closes with a metallic click and the lights on the control panel flash ready for departure in an electric orange hue. All ready, sir, Walker says in a voice that shows he's fighting to control his rising panic. Prepare for takeoff, Captain Tyler shouts in the tiny shuttle. You notice that his voice is nearly out of control. Maybe just airlock him once you get out there. Five, four, three, two, one, go, comes the emotional command from the captain. With the rumble, the shuttle breaks off from the spacecraft and flies into space. Directions, please, Captain, Nan Pacella asks calmly, even though she too must know you have little hope of survival, no matter which course the captain sets. Suddenly, Captain Tyler is overcome with a violent seizure. His eyes roll back. His body jerks in muscular spasms. He's incapable of control. This happened to the captain in Third Planet from Altair, too. He had a seizure when we had to make a fucking dramatic choice. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So maybe this is Edward Packard now. Nan rushes to his aid while Walker tries to control the flight of the shuttle. I wonder if they went back and forth, like, page for page. Yeah, you know, one like did a... one route, one did the other. I think that probably would have been something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone has to make a decision, and since no one is doing it, you take command of the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're the, we're the captain now. Now we stick our wallet in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get clear, his own wallet clear things mouth. from around him. If you choose to follow the Bruna with the hope of getting on board and overthrowing Barnes, turn to page 50. If you choose to set course for the quarantine systems Barnes mentioned, turn to page 56. I'm going to take that shit back. Damn straight. Mm-hmm. Die um, hard in space. But we're That's so, right. we're used to quarantine planets. <laughs> okay, yeah. die hard in space? Yeah. Fuck yeah. We'll shadow the Baruna, you tell Walker. There's a blind spot behind the aft cargo loading bay. Somebody saw Star Wars. Mm. (laughs) See that hump? We can drift back to there, turn off your engine supply, and be sucked along by the Baruna's gravitational field. No, Walker shouts. They'll see us. Barnes is crazy. They'll kill us. Oh, shut up, you coward. Calm down, Walker. It's worth a try. Nan, do you agree, you ask? Yes, I do, Nan says, making the captain as comfortable as possible. Moments later, your shuttlecraft slides into place behind the Baruna. Suddenly, you realize that the Baruna is moving in a direction that surprises you. The ship is headed back to Earth. I wonder what their game is, you muse. Barnes once said something about holding Earth hostage, Walker says. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> With his five crew members. Does he even have that? I think only has three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just him and two other guys. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I mean, I'm sure it's built for handling some problems in space but for the most part it sounds like we're a transport a vessel. vessel yeah we're probably so, gonna need weapons there's probably some just for personal defense but not enough to pull the planet hostage yeah we'll okay. see how this goes <sighs> he mentioned it as a possibility by a terrorist group maybe he was talking out loud about his own plans did he say how he would do it you ask asking the question we all want to know mm-hmm well, he did say neurotoxins would be easy to spread and sure to kill. 
They occupy so little space he could have smuggled a crate aboard with enough neurotoxins in solution to ruin civilization on Earth, the captain says, sitting up and shaking his head. And then he'd have the run of it with three men? If you had access to that much neurotoxin, how would you ever get it? And how would nobody notice? Right? Like, how, how would that even be allowed to be anywhere on the planet? Idea. Okay. False shaving cream can. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he got it from some sort of other world black market. Really, stop and think about this. He has enough neurotoxin to kill however many people he needs to kill on the planet to take it over. Yeah. So he decides to take it with him on a ship leaving Earth. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, unless they got it somewhere during their three-month voyage. It's been three months already, right? Maybe he got it somewhere. Went to the island, met the guy. Are you still on the Kokomo trip? What island are you talking about? He's on Jurassic Park Park now. now. Oh, okay. You're doing, okay, the whole Jurassic Park bit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, somehow he has this neurotoxin. All right. I think you've hit on it, says Nan. He's always been too much for me. Too sincere. Too good to be true. They bone. She hates him. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I was <laughs> that thinking. That came out of nowhere. It's always been too sincere. Too good to be true. Yeah. And quite mad, the captain adds. We've got to stop him, you shout. Wait, the captain's back now? Yeah, yeah. he just woke up on the previous page. Okay. He woke up to help with the exposition. Mm-hmm. Got it. Why are we... He's the one that mentioned the neurotoxin. We're really shouty in the shuttle. We need to not shout. Well, we either try to stop him in the Baruna now, or we alert Earth and have them intercept him before the Baruna enters the transit zone, Nan reasons out loud. You wonder if you could slip unnoticed into the Baruna through the cargo bay. The mutineers probably aren't expecting you to re-enter the spaceship. Sending a message to Earth warning the space patrol of Barnes' plan is less risky, but the Baruna might intercept and block your transmission. The captain looks at you, waiting for your decision, because you're the captain now. (laughs) That's how that works. If you decide to enter the Baruna through the cargo bay, turn to 65. If you try to warn Earth, turn to page 94. Are we going full diehard? We we did say diehard. Diehard. Yes, we did. Yeah, we're going going for the cargo. Okay, I'm going... too risky to send a radio message and then try and get into the cargo bay. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Can't do both. I'm going into the Baruna, you say. We've got to stop Barnes now. He's a threat to the entire universe. Because it centers around our planet. Because Earth is the entire universe. Mm -hmm. I'll go with you, Nan says. Captain Tyler starts to protest, but you convince him your plan is best. Dude, you're you're not the captain anymore. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Don't ask me my opinion Mm -hmm. and then... Well, not even my opinion. Don't ask me what we're doing and then say we're not doing it. This is our only chance to stop Barnes, you explain. If his plan is to hold Earth hostage, it's now or never. Walker brings the shuttle close to the cargo bay and maneuvers it into the docking port. There's a thunk as the shuttle locks into the mothership. Captain Tyler tries to stand and help you open the hatch, but he slumps back into his chair, still weak from his seizure. Good luck, Walker mumbles as he busies himself with the computer. (laughs) He ain't going with ya. He's being sarcastic as fuck right now. No. No, he this just... walker is the worst Texas Ranger that ever lived. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's trying to fly her into the radio so you don't make him go with you. So this spaceship apparently has no like indicator that there's something docked to it. Yeah. <laughs> Your hands fumble it's a with cargo vessel. That's true. Yeah. 
Your hands fumble with the hatch, but finally it opens into the airlock into the cargo area. (laughs) (laughs) Finally it's open. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're in, you tell Tyler and Walker through your throat microphone. Back off for now. We'll signal when we're ready to return. Fortunately, there's no one in the cargo receiving area. Fortunately. Good, good. But you have a strong feeling that you're being watched. You look around in silence, breathing the stuffy air. Dark bays loaded with crates and barrels fill the cargo space. Who's there? comes a sharp growl. None of your business. Ghosts. Nobody here. You and Nan freeze against a large crate. Seconds tick by, marked by your pounding heartbeat. Who's there? comes the voice again. Lights flash on. Men come running. Sirens pierce the cavernous cargo bay. You're surrounded, captured, ejected into space. Spinning crazily, your two bodies drift past the shuttle where the captain sorrowfully notes in his log the death of two (laughs) members of his crew. The end. Wow. (laughs) You got airlocked. All right. Well, that diehard in space didn't go well, did it? This diehard in space is not the way to go. I mean, fundamentally speaking, that's probably how the diehard franchise should end. I mean, yes. Yeah, that's fair. So how far back do we want to go? I just try radioing just Earth. Just try radioing yeah. Earth. Okay. All right. Let's do that. We're going to try to warn Earth. Let's transmit a warning to Earth, you say. We'd be outnumbered aboard the Baruna. But we don't have the transmitter code for verification. It's locked into the Baruna's computer system, Nan says. There must be another way, you think aloud. You turn to the captain, hoping for some guidance, but he's preoccupied with a small leather notebook. I've got it, he exclaims, looking up. I found an emergency transmitter code we used when I was a young apprentice on a transit ship between Mars and Earth. I wrote it down. Here it is. Yay. Yay. Is it still useful? Walker asks skeptically. We won't know until we try, you respond, handing the coded message to Nan. As Nan starts to transmit the message, you hope the Maruna doesn't pick up your signal and block its transmission. Faster, Nan, faster, the captain says, quietly urging her on. Gone is all the harshness he was so infamous for. The seizure knocked it out of him. Oh no, Nan groans. The signal's reaching Earth, but they're rejecting it. They say we're using an improper transmittal code. Why do they care what... It's just a message. Like, just take the message. It could have a computer virus in it. I guess. What now, Captain, you ask? There's one thing we can try, the Captain says, referring again to his small leather notebook. We'll use the self-destruct code for the Baruna. He has a small leather notebook Mm -hmm. that he has been apparently carrying around since he was a young apprentice. Writing his thoughts in. Writing his thoughts in. And it's not full yet. And it's not full yet. So he (laughs) He doesn't doesn't have have very many thoughts. thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's like... That was super duper thick. It just jumps it's a, out. It's a Stephen King novel. Yeah. It just keeps adding more and more to it. It's one of those ones you can like unscrew and add more pages to. And... All right. Uh, so we'll use the self-destruct code for the Baruna. It's always been the captain's option in case of extreme danger from aliens. Did we do that from the beginning then? You didn't mention that before, jackass. Barnes can't stop it. He doesn't know about it. Only commanders are given the self-destruct code. Only one, apparently. Doesn't take two. For a moment, you waver. Should you allow the captain to carry out this act of destruction? You could turn off the communicator and let the authorities on Earth take care of Barnes, you think. Except for we really can't. If you decide to block transmission of the self-destruct code, turn to page 103. If you want to mutiny against the captain now... 
You decide to take no action. Turn to page 99. No action? I, yeah. Blow yeah. the fucking thing up. Mm-hmm. Blow it up. You watch Nan key in the self-destruct code on the communicator. Then the four of you watch the computer screen intently. The blip marking the Bruna is still visible. It continues on a path to Earth. So I guess you detached from it at some point and... Or you were following and we were now you're not? Follow, yeah, I don't we know. Were, we were in its wake. Like yeah. We were behind the lump. But now we're not, I guess. Or the hump. The hump. The hump, the hump, the hump. My lovely spaceship lump. <laughs> so then it disappears. Gone, Nan says quietly. Fortunately, the Baruna was not in Earth's atmosphere. You know shit. Earth is safe from the neurotoxins, you say, breathing a sigh of relief. You look breathing at the Earth is also three months away. Breathing a sigh of neurotoxins. Yeah. <laughs> You look at this captain. He seems fully recovered now. Well, Captain, you're in... took was to kill people to bring him right back. <laughs> Every time. I'm better now. <laughs> I've absorbed them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Captain, you're in command. What do we do now? Head for the nearest habitable planet, he answers. But I must warn you that we don't have enough food or fuel to reach any habitable planet I know of. Perhaps with luck. One pinch of luck coming up, Nan says, giggling. Oh. oh, God. You look at Nan quickly. Has she gone mad, too, you wonder? <laughs> then you see what she's staring at, a blip on the communicator screen. And it's growing larger as it draws near the shuttle. Can you tell what it is, you ask? The captain, too, has been studying the data on the screen. It's a Federation explorer, he says, and must be coming to investigate the disappearance of the Baruna. It looks like we'll make it home after all. But not too soon, you silently hope. You've always wanted to roam around space in a Federation Explorer. The end. All right, never. Because <laughs> you didn't learn anything from that trip. So if there's a self-destruct code, then the very next page, if you join up with Barnes, the very next page should be the ship explodes, the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there should be no actual storyline. Well, we didn't join Barnes. up with Barnes though, so we don't know. But right, but what I'm saying but, is, logically speaking, yeah. if that's yeah, I'm willing to bet that that's not where it was. Yeah, going. I'm willing to bet that that self-destruct code never manifests. No, if well, you go with no. Barnes. Yeah. yeah, unless the captain has a seizure as soon as the you know ship separated and yeah, and he dies from it. Yeah, not like we know that either. It's, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I like the space ones, and it looked like there was a. Look, ton of options that we didn't get to. Yeah, there's probably a better story in there, and we just found a crap one. Yeah, there's yeah. potential, but I, I'm going to recommend it because I like the space ones. Yeah, I think as a curiosity, I would recommend it just to see what Ari Montgomery and Edward Packard managed to cobble together. Because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to be nutty one way or the other. Yeah, and I'd probably check out the Barnes option yeah. as well. So I don't know it. It seemed well written enough, anyway. So I mean, yeah, it's still know. it's still a light recommend. For I kind of I kind of do agree with you about the the illustration too, though. I thought I thought they were actually kind of yeah, kind of good. I, I actually kinda, really like yeah, the they grew on me. Yeah, I mean they're they're still like dorky, you know, whatever Archie style. Well, they got like but, a 1940s like uh, yeah. comic mm-hmm. book yeah exactly mm-hmm. sort of vibe to them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like thinking like retro futuristic, you know, mm. like yeah, I'm kind of digging it. So, mm-hmm. well, if you want to hear more from us, go to see what or not cyoa incrediblydaring.com. If you want to learn more about choose your own adventure, go to cyoa.com. Which one of these guys has a website? Edward Packard. Yes, Edward Packard. Probably not dot com. No, it's dot com. Is it Edward Packard.com then? 
if you want to learn more about him. So for this episode, I've been Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. Jason.